Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of BJ Murphy 360. I am your host, BJ Murphy, and on this episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Brian Hanks. Brian is the former editor editor of the Kiston Free Press and has written for multiple national news outlets and is an avid sports fan uh, and unashamed uh, UVA, Virginia Cavaliers, and Washington Redskins fan. <laughs> and, and you know what? We've worked together for a long time, long enough that he's actually written both favorable and unfavorable editorials about policy and advocacy positions I've taken over the years. And as you can tell when, once you listen to this, that we've got a, a lot of great mutual respect for each other. And so I visited him at his home recently, and we discussed, obviously, sports, and we talked about politics, including Trump and even the state of North Carolina and more. In fact, our rapid-fire round is is absolutely a blast. Uh, I'll just drop a couple of names. Uh, LeBron, uh, Michael Jordan, Coach K, Wooden, uh, NC East or West Barbecue, and uh, we talked about the first female president when that might happen. So, uh, and then you you definitely want to listen to the end uh, to hear the question of the day. So, uh, until next time, please enjoy this episode of BJ Murphy 360. And this was to your success. Social media is changing the way we do business. Watch TV and shop. Small businesses and personal brands need to adapt and fast. BJ Murphy is a B2B sales trainer, social media entrepreneur, and former mayor of 21,000. He's bringing his podcast, BJ Murphy 360, to help you increase sales, gather more leads, and grow professionally. Feel free to share with friends and call in with your thoughts. Here's BJ Murphy, and here's to your success. Hey, everybody. This is BJ Murphy with the BJ Murphy 360 show and podcast, and I've got with me today uh, Mr. Brian Hanks. Glad to have you on the show. Uh, honored to be a part of it. And who's our special guest? Oh, this is Molly Ringwald Hughes Hanks the Puppy Dog. Molly Ringwald. Okay, you got to explain that one. Well, my favorite, uh, you know, she's America's sweetheart, Molly Ringwald. <laughs> yeah. And as you can tell how loving she is with you right now, the, the sweetest puppy dog ever. Uh, just had her eighth birthday on March 20th. Happy and, birthday, uh, Molly. She uh, definitely, she knew you were coming to do this, and she's been very excited about it. It's all she could talk about for like the last three or four hours, okay? <laughs> so, so Brian, uh, tell us a little about you. I mean, I, I've known you because I've, I've been involved civically in the, my hometown, Kinston, North Carolina, uh, where you, I, I met you, you were kind of the sports editor, then you became mm-hmm. the managing editor. Tell us a little bit about your background and what you're doing today. Well, uh, I uh, was born in Wilkes County. I uh, was in the Army for a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to UNC Charlotte. Started uh, Worked in the Charlotte-Mecklenburg school system for mm-hmm. a little bit. And What did you do there? I uh, was a teacher okay, in Charlotte-Mecklenburg. Really? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Things you didn't know. You, the, you heard it first. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But I uh, loved working. I loved reading sports. Love sports, as you can tell, as you're sitting in here in my man right. cave right now. And uh, was working for the Gaston Gazette on weeknights and on weekends and everything. And just one summer, decided not to go back to, to school and decided to become a, a sports writer. Ended up working for the Lincoln Times News and went to Gastonia, went to Shelby. Right. In, in a period of about four or five years. And in 2002, a good friend of both of ours, Drew Loftus, mm-hmm. uh, got me to Kinston and I've was, I was coming to Kinston for two years mm-hmm. uh, because yeah. I was going to be the next great uh, ACC basketball sports writer. 
and uh, just fell in love with it here, and, and I've been stayed. here since 2002. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and so tell me about uh, this right here because <laughs> I, I grew up a Redskins fan because uh-huh. my dad was served in the Navy for a mm-hmm. couple of years, and so he went to a few games. So I grew up watching the Redskins on TV. But why is it in the center of us to today? Because uh, hail to the Redskins! They are. Uh, the, the great, in my opinion, I mean, and I know, you know, you're going to have Steeler fans, you're going to have Cowboys fans, probably Patriots fans, who will say that there are better franchises, but uh, it's the the very first team I ever followed. I was seven years old at Trap Hill Elementary School and uh, read a, one of the little school books they used to have all the time about, uh, they had a whole set of them for the whole NFL. I read the one about the Redskins, fell in love with it, and... Have been a Redskins fan now for uh, more than forty years. And, so. An unashamed Redskins fan yeah. at that. I mean, uh, if, if <laughs> maybe maybe I'll get a shot or two after uh, this, and you'll kind of see his wall. But it it, it 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 in order to be a Redskins fan, you have to you have to live with defeat. <laughs> yes, you do. In the hopes that one day we're going to get back to that uh, national championship. Well, I think it makes you a better person too. I mean, anybody can be a Duke fan. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know anybody could be a Carolina oh fan. Gracious. You can be a Patriots fan. You can be a Yankees oh, we're, we're fan. We're cutting this interview. Yeah, That's I it. <laughs> but but you know what I'm saying. But I'm also a Virginia fan. Uh-huh. You know, probably Lenore County's, if not oh. the biggest, one of the biggest Virginia fans right. in the county. And uh, just I think it, it builds character. And I think when the Redskins finally win another Super Bowl, and I hope it happens in our lifetime. Uh-huh. That's going to be a great moment, you yeah. know. And it's the same thing with Virginia. If Virginia ever does anything. We're going to switch gears for a second because uh, I've known Brian long enough to know that he is a man of many talent and a man of many opinions. And although his passion is sports, he also keeps up with politics mm-hmm. as well. Uh, so let's start, as we did before, let's start on the national level. Let's okay. go U.S. Um, Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has he has been a kind of phenomenon for both the Republicans and the Democrats mm-hmm. alike. Uh, what's your take on his leadership style? Boy, all these little softball <laughs> questions, and then you come in with the, the gut punch with that one. I'm not a Trump fan. I get that. But let's let's go ahead and, and establish that. But I respect him to a degree. So no, I'm not trying to play both sides of the card here, but. I really do. He, where I grew up in northwestern North Carolina, Wilkes County, mm-hmm. Trump is huge up there. Mm-hmm. It's very poor. It's very blue collar, and whatever it is, NASCAR that, country. It is uh-huh. North Wilkesboro. I mean, mm-hmm. that's where I'm from, Wilkes County. And whatever, I don't know if he accidentally did it or if it's something that Donald Trump and his people have cultivated. But they have taken a man who is a billionaire, one of the richest people in the United States and made him palatable to working-class white people, mm-hmm. especially, like I said, up in uh, northwestern North Carolina. And I'm not denigrating him for that. I'm not applauding him for that. Right. What I'm saying is they have crafted his image such that they've taken this, again, this billionaire and made it so white, working-class people are attracted to him. So let me ask you this, um, as we're, we're both have been in the social media business for a long time yes. uh, and use it professionally, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm going to get the social media towards the end of our conversation, uh, but when you think of social media in today's time, it's kind of hard not to mention the president and Twitter. What's, yeah. your, what's your take 
is he savvy uh, with his Twitter account, or is um, is it something you you want somebody to take the phone away from him? As the leader of the greatest nation on the planet, I wish someone would take his phone away from him and lock it up, and mm-hmm. maybe give him a fake phone so he thinks he's actually tweeting. <laughs> but but that's fake news. <laughs> there you go. I really do. When he was just a citizen, uh-huh. you know what? That was fine. I mean, he you know doing his own thing, and that's fine. But when he's representing you know, everyone in the United States. Mm-hmm. I mean, people from other countries see what our president is tweeting and the way he puts himself out there. It, it is embarrassing at times. But let me answer your original question. Is he savvy? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The man is borderline genius when it comes to social media. I mean, mm-hmm. he made himself... Uh, he was probably outside of Justin Bieber or outside of Lady Gaga or somebody like that. He was probably the first social media superstar, mm-hmm. and he did it by just telling you exactly what he thought. He didn't run things through filters. When Donald Trump tweeted something, I'm saying going back to 2012, 13, 14, it's what he really thinks. And mm-hmm. it's even now when he tweets something, as much as it'll make you cringe sometimes, as right. much as it'll make you, you know, you're going, oh my God, did the president really just tweet that? <laughs> Still, you got to respect it because it's what he really thinks. You know, it's in- interesting because... I mean, does that make sense? No, it, it does. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense because, you know, the last couple of years, uh, Twitter was getting to this point where they they were losing they, they were losing followers left and right. Mm-hmm. I mean, as an organization, it's a mm-hmm. business model. It just wasn't working. And here comes a presidential campaign. But more so than that, somebody who was... Um, had a little bit more shock and awe to his statements, and he was using Twitter to do it. I really think Donald Trump saved Twitter from its own demise. That is uh, the let, let alone that's the one extra, of the wisest things I've heard in a long time, and mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Let alone the extra 140 characters they added. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I think that was just icing on the cake. But I, I think his shock and awe technique uh, really, uh, really helped save that company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, for everything that Facebook is is getting ridiculed about now. Uh, their stocks are tanking. People aren't going to get off Facebook. I mean, yeah, Tesla did, but that was more of a, I just don't see it happening in, in mass. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a big reason is that there's not another one that can take the place of it right now. Twitter's just not it. Do you not ever, though, look back at MySpace? Mm-hmm. And I mean, because I was a huge advocate of MySpace. Mm-hmm. I thought it was awesome. And uh, Again, a, a mutual friend of ours, Jennifer Schrader, was the one that really turned me on to Facebook. Her and Janet Carter, or uh, Janet mm-hmm. Sutton. Were the two that turned Barack me on Obama's to Obama's uh, reason why I got on Facebook. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. But MySpace was, for a minute, for six months, for a year, maybe even 18 months, MySpace was the social media. Right. It was amazing. It was, I was blown away that here was a way that you could, it made everyone feel important. Mm-hmm. And then it just, I don't even know what happened. I don't know what precipitated it changing other than just the rise of Facebook you don't see something similar happening with with Facebook. I don't see another platform that that can duplicate what Facebook's been able to do. Okay. I mean, LinkedIn obviously is growing; it's doing big things, and the revenues are growing, and they're doing great things for professionals. Mm-hmm. But it's not something that my dad's going to get on, yeah. right? Uh, my dad's not on Snapchat, so it's like well, he he is, but he's not. I mean, yeah. um, the day my dad, who is seventy gets engaged in a social media platform is when I, when I will can emphatically say this platform has hit the tipping point, mm-hmm. you know, the, everything else just windfall. 
Uh, and I remember that day vividly with my dad on Facebook uh, because I went, oh, God, <laughs> he's, now he's there. But there's not another platform. Uh, Instagram is doing great things. It's growing. It's big. But it's a Facebook business, so they're going to continue to blend their model. Um, LinkedIn is great. Uh, Snapchat. I mean, there's uh, 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 what was the um, Vine 2 V2 is coming out, but it. It's still, but you're talking about six-second video, ten-second video. It's not, it's not a social and, and content-rich mm-hmm. like what Facebook allows you to do. Uh, and Snapchat can't even duplicate the content richness of, of Facebook mm-hmm. in, in comments and things. So I don't think there's just another platform yet that can that can uh, beat it. Uh, Google obviously failed on that. Wow. Whatever um, happened to Google uh, yeah, Plus? Uh, the, why it's still around, I, I don't know. Is it still around? It, I'm not te- even technically, sure. Technically, yes, okay. but it's, it's, it's going away. Um, MySpace is still around. Yeah, it is. I got an email uh, so is a Napster. couple weeks ago. I couldn't believe that. Really? Yeah, it's still around. I didn't realize Napster was, but I got an email a couple of months ago from a buddy or something and said, someone checked out your MySpace profile. I was like, <laughs> What? So da, 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 I got on there, and sure enough, my and here it was almost like a blast from the past. Did you have a MySpace I, profile? Yeah, but I couldn't even tell you what my username was. If you put your email in, you can check yeah, it out. This, and but it was like a blast from the past because this was in that two thousand six, two thousand seven mm-hmm. window. So I went back in time, and it, that one year period of I probably put three hundred pictures on there, and it was it was oh, like wow. looking at a yearbook and looking at wow. a time capsule of where I was as a uh-huh. person. You know, eleven or twelve years ago, you should do that. You should do that too. I mean, yeah, it's, that'd be, that'd be it's just neat, and you'll get some good laughs off of it, and you'll go, "Oh my god, I can't believe I was that fat or whatever <laughs> at that time." It was, it was, it was amazing. But just to, I, to wrap this up, uh, I just wonder, you know, with everything that's going on with, uh, you know, all the hearings and everything, is face? I don't think Facebook's in trouble, and I don't mean that. I know you said, you know, some of the stocks are tanking and all that, but what I wonder is. Will people ever voluntarily just unplug? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I've tried to do that. Was one of my New Year's resolutions for 2018, not necessarily Facebook, but with just technology in general. Right. Is you know, with my girlfriend Linda. I mean, I was getting to the point where I was finding that we would go out to eat or we would have dinner, and my phone, which is in my pocket right now, but my phone would be right there on the table beside me. Right. And if I felt it buzz, or you know, and I wear a Fitbit, if my Fitbit went off my first reaction was to reach over and pick up my phone Absolutely. and look at it. And I'm trying to do better with that. And I, I feel like I have my point in saying all that is, do you think we're ever going to get to the point? And Molly's coming back over for yeah, some more love. Um, are we ever going to get to the point again where, or are we going to get to the point where you just unplug and you just say, you know what? I, I can't deal with any more of the negativity on Facebook or on Instagram or whatever the medium is at that time. And you do just unplug and you start having more face-to-face relationships. I, as a society, as a culture, I don't think we're. I I, I think we're beyond the yeah. ability to do that. Uh, I think we've become so dependent on it. Um, from you know, Alexa set an alarm or reminder for me to take out the trash. Mm-hmm. It's Sunday night. I know I'm supposed to take out the trash, but I feel like I need wow. to make sure I I, I, I do it. Uh, and and I'm doing that all the time. And that was a big part of the reason why I started the podcast uh, uh, late last year was I got a, 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 a Neko Dot for Christmas. And I'm listening to a flash briefing, which basically is like a summary of the news of the day. And I could choose which skills that I, I choose. Like I've got a Fox and a CNN and a weather. And it kind of gives me a, a, a quick one to five minute synopsis of what's happening. It's like 
seen in headline news, but you know, but mm-hmm. and I could choose what it crafted was for BJ Murphy. Yeah, and so yeah. I, I could choose personal development, motivation, you know, meditation to uh, quiz of the day to Wall Street Journal. Um, and that was when I realized how cool that was. So I'm going to take this video that we're doing, this interview, and also it'll be it'll double as a podcast because mm-hmm. you might be you listen to podcasts, you might be in the mm-hmm. car and you're riding. And I think we've become too dependent on the the technology. Uh, and that's what's interesting, uh, you know. And I'm going to be curious to watch some. Of, I'm going to watch if if Zuckerberg ends up testifying. I'm going to watch some of those hearings. But here's the reality. I see some politicians on, on see, uh, the talk shows this weekend, and they're talking about, oh, we need to have a hearing because you're using all this information. Politicians have been the worst ones abusing this information. Yes. So they're going to put on some great dog and pony show mm-hmm. and be all holier than thou. But the truth is, politicians have won elections based off the data. That is why Facebook embedded people in their campaigns. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the reason why Barack Obama won his election was his ability mm-hmm. to connect with that millennial. That it was the pre-millennial that my generation on on Facebook, which is the reason why I got on Facebook, and their ability to use that data. Uh, but the well, reality- we had we had a mayor in Kinston too that won a <laughs> won an election that yeah. I think was. Primarily due to uh, his the way he used social media. Well, social media is, is really important in, in telling a story. And you remember that guy, right? Yeah, I know. He, he's a good-looking guy. He's about 37 <laughs> now. Uh, he's put on a few pounds, but uh, he's still a great guy. Um, you know, you know, but I, I'm a, I, you know, as a business, you know, because I do social media marketing for small business clients. Uh, my biggest thing with social media is use it to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people don't want to buy from you all the time. Yeah. They really want to know who you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're literally in your living room. We're yeah. in your den. Yeah. Um, we don't have ties on. You yeah. got flip flops on for Pete's <laughs> well, sake. Well, didn't know you would tell everybody in a t-shirt. <laughs> Go to Kima Parson. Right. Yeah. Uh, and people would much rather get this side of of a brand mm-hmm. uh, than the polished version. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's where social media helps. And so I just don't see it going away. I yeah. really don't. I, I think social media and politics well, is intertwined well, too. Well, you may have misunderstood my question. Okay. I don't think it's going away per se. I'm just wondering, is it going to take the next big social media to push? What's going to be the next big social medium that's going to push Facebook out of the way? And I know they're uh, doing everything because they thought it was Instagram yeah. for a while. So what does Facebook it, do? It could be. They purchase Instagram. It, it, honestly, it could be something like, uh, Amazon decides to to build on on their platform uh, and build a social component to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I don't know if they're doing that or not, but augmented reality is is becoming more of reality. Virtual reality is too, but mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know where we're going to be with that. Uh, it's, but as a as a student of the game, it, it's it's fun to watch. Molly's making her cameo uh, now. <laughs> what do you think? Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'd be it'd be it'd be fun to watch that uh, mm-hmm. persist. Let's talk a little bit more about politics real quick. Okay. Um, are you keeping much up with state politics by chance across the state of North Carolina? Not as much as I used to. I mean, obviously, when I was the uh, editor of the local paper, I did quite a bit. I felt like mm-hmm. I needed to, but I really uh, I don't know what question you're getting asked, but I'm going to preemptively strike. I do think that. Uh, you know, the state is overwhelmingly Republican right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. It's, but it's uh, kind of a purple state. It is well, but when you control both houses, and the governor, and, but the governor, or the lieutenant governor, but not right. the governorship. I wonder, and I know they drew the lines, Republicans wisely, and I, I want you know Democrats to be all upset about how Republicans drew the lines when Democrats drew the lines for a century. You know, right? Well, and Republicans couldn't have won. They couldn't have without lines that Democrats drew beforehand. So, exactly. Yeah. 
But my my gut feeling is, and again, being very honest with you, with you BJ, I am twenty uh, percent of what I was sixteen months ago, seventeen months ago on the on the political scene, especially statewide. Uh, I really think the state's getting ready to make another shift back uh, to the left. Mm-hmm. I really do, and I think it's start. I think Governor Cooper winning the gubernatorial race was sort of a, a sign of that. I really think people are going to be surprised by the gains that Democrats are going to make in the next statewide elections. Talking about the 2018 elections yes, this fall. I really do. Yeah, no, I, I, I so could see that. I don't know which seats are most vulnerable and, and how the, uh, the, the, the party politics play in terms of the numbers, percentage potential. But um, as, a, as a movement, there is definitely that uh, political pendulum I mean, mm-hmm. you could you could definitely see it swing it, um, uh, and we'll we'll be interested to see what happens there, um, you know. But you know, this is what they call it. I think they call it a blue moon election, where mm-hmm. there's not a very uh, big statewide campaign going. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no U.S. senator on the ballot yeah. this year, uh, so it, it is basically all House and Senate races and uh, the local commissioner and school board races. Mm-hmm. So there's no major draw to the ticket um and so I, i'm kind of curious to see how that affects turnout for the state of north carolina which could impact this blue wave that we mm-hmm. keep hearing and talking about because think about it i mean just think about it. if tom tillis were up for election this year mm-hmm. well then he, he and what i would call is more of a moderate con, uh conservative he's more on the center right side of the aisle mm-hmm. um it's kind of where I find myself a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I, maybe I, I think I, <laughs> you're a libertarian. <laughs> no, I, I really think I'm a lot further right. Yeah. But I think in, when it comes to practicality, I, I, I understand middle right is kind of probably where I fall. Uh, and maybe I'm wrong on that, too. But imagine if he were on the ticket, how many millions of dollars we poured in for him and against him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when Kay Hagan. I mean, just think about the yes. millions poured in outside we're not going. To, we're not going to have that this year. Mm-hmm. So the question will be: How are these state house and senate races affected by that? I think it's going to be which party really organizes the best. And as you know, I mean, the Democratic Party in North Carolina is very, very strong. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very strong. But are they going to be able to mobilize? He said, "Leave her, leave him alone." Okay? He's, she's good. <laughs> but it's going to come down to uh, who mobilizes the best, and. I really think that there is, again, love him or hate him, Donald Trump is really going to have an effect on local races a lot more than people realize. And that's just my opinion. I think, uh, you know, and I'm even going down to, you know, House races, North Carolina House races, North Carolina Senate races. Mm-hmm. That would be, if that's if you're a good person and you're, uh, well, not a good person, but if you are... Uh, taking care of one of these debates or something like that, I think people are going to ask, what do you think of the president? Do you support the president? Right. And then I think people would make their decision off that. I know if I were still running debates or running forums, mm-hmm. that's would be one of the first questions. Even if, you know, if you were running for right. mayor, I would mm-hmm. ask what, you know, what is your opinion of the president and the job that he's doing? Oh, I can give you that in terms of a local office, but yes. these state offices, it is different because you know, once you pass the, the local, and I mean, most like mayor should council, uh, and even after county commissioners, once you pass that level of government, the the your feelings and thoughts on national policy have more of an impact because mm-hmm. 
because you are more identified with a party than you are at a hyper-local level. Uh, so it would be inter- interesting to see that. Uh, real quick, because uh, yeah. I'm going to switch gears, okay. and, and I'm going to come, uh, Brian, what he doesn't know, he hasn't, he hasn't known anything we're going to talk about I today. I have no idea whatsoever. Uh, but, we didn't know that uh, Molly Girl was going to be here either, yeah. taking over. Uh, but one thing I'm going to come back with is a rapid-fire uh, question-answer round here in okay. a second. Uh, but first, uh, if you like social media, you're an entrepreneur, business owner, marketer, uh, we've actually got a closed social media group called Social Media Masterminds. Uh, it is all about people who uh, want to, the, the conversation on Facebook to what's going on LinkedIn or uh, Instagram changes and algorithm. All those kind of things are things we talk about in more of an intimate setting in our closed group. So you've actually got a request to be a part of that group. So go check out uh, the Facebook, closed Facebook group, Social Media uh, Masterminds. Uh, and so, I'll say this, it's fun to follow. I uh-huh. mean, as I'm not as active a member as you and some of the other uh, people that are in there. I know Paul Whittington, I think, is uh-huh. uh, He's in there. someone that does a good job of responding. But I, but I read everything. Do you really? Yes, I do. Are I you a lurker? Everything. Yeah, I am I like absolutely it. a lurker. But, that, but I think that comes from being in the media. Uh-huh. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do in the media. Kind of read the tea leaves. Exactly. No, I get it. But okay. you, you guys do a good job, and I'm a huge advocate. I've been a big fan of uh, what you've done from the beginning, the, the triple it. M's. Uh, so. Magic Mile Media. Yes. All right, so rapid fire round. I probably don't have enough questions, but here we go. Okay. LeBron or Jordan? Oh, Jordan, and it's not even close. I think right now, and I know you said rapid fire. No, cool. Jordan is number one. LeBron still, to me, is outside the top five all time. And I can name the top five. Let's hear it. Two. Let's hear it. Uh, Jordan's definitely one. I think uh, uh, Bill Russell is two. Wilt Chamberlain's three. Um, wow. Uh, Magic Johnson would be up there. Larry Bird would be up there. And then probably LeBron. I'm not sure LeBron has passed uh, even Bird yet because Bird has three championships. Uh, he's only got three. Uh-huh. And I just, I don't know. I'm not a LeBron guy. I, and I, I respect him, and I think he's got the potential to be the greatest of all time, but he's not even in the discussion Is he the best with right Michael now? Jordan. Oh, in the game at the mm-hmm. moment? Oh, mm-hmm. it's not even close. And right. he's better than Kobe. See, your question should have been mm-hmm. Kobe or LeBron. Oh, well. Because I think that's closer. I actually think it's closer because Kobe won more championships. But I think LeBron, having been to the finals now seven years in a row, that makes him surpass Kobe. But no, they, and I'm a Virginia guy, as you can tell. <laughs> I, I'm an ABC guy, just like you. Anyone but from I, Carolina. Exactly. But I respect He may be in the neighborhood, but he lives on the outer part of the neighborhood where Jordan <laughs> lives in the big mansion. He's in the cul-de-sac. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, all right. Uh, Coach K or John Wooden? Wow. I'd have to say Coach K. And it hurts. It kind of hurts my heart to have to say that a little uh-huh. bit. But Coach K, because he's playing in a Division One now that has 360 member institutions Division One. When John Wooden, and playing in an NCAA tournament every year that has 68 teams. Right. Even though now Duke's not won really anything in the last, when is it? When was our last national championship? Just a few years ago. 2015. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. But, uh, See, I had to. I had to take my shot there uh-huh, at him. Uh-huh. Okay, but uh, what have you done for me lately? There you go. But John Wooden, when he was the head coach, Division One was only about 120 teams. So it was a third of what it is, and there were only 30 some teams in the NCAA tournament. So, so, so he only had to win. The four comparison games. is yeah. Coach K all time, John Wooden all time. But if you if you look in the scope of 
Coach K in this era, era and John Wooden in his era, mm-hmm. would you still choose Coach K? Yeah, I would. Okay. I would. Um, again, Coach K has done what he's done, and I know these are rapid-fire questions. Mm-hmm. I'm taking three minutes no, each a, to answer. But no, you answered quick, which is my point. Yeah. I wanted. Well, there you go. But what Coach K has done is he has adapted in a way no other coach ever has, in my opinion. And that's why you have to respect It's almost like the Jordan thing. I'm not a Jordan fan. For me to give that answer a couple minutes ago about Jordan, I never pulled for Jordan. I, As a Celtics fan, I hated Michael Jordan. Right. And as a Virginia fan, I don't hate Duke or Coach K. I have some personal reasons, as you and I have talked before. Mm-hmm. I think a, lot about, think a lot of Coach K as a man. Mm-hmm. But he, for him to have adapted the way he has, from the coach he was in the 80s to the 90s to now, he has completely flipped. He played zone defense this year. This entire year, yes. I mean, and this was a man that had never coached zone defense, was always, the to me, the man-to-man expert outside of Bobby Knight in college basketball, completely adapted to the talent that he had there, and he's just a great coach. He's mm-hmm. a, He's a... Absolutely wonderful coach, and I'm not even sure John won, even though he won all the championships, he would probably be in that three or four window to me, too. Right. Listen, don't sleep on Coach uh, old Roy either. Yeah, no, uh, Roy Williams has done a fantastic job at Carolina, mm-hmm. and the way he has adapted over the years, I think he wanted to follow that Kentucky, that Kentucky slash Coach K one-and-done thing. But with all the uh, stuff that was going on with the program, he wasn't able to do it. So he's actually gone back to more of a get the three-year, four-year guys in there and has had success with that. Right. Wow. Rapid fire, <laughs> right? Hmm. All right. Uh, wood ducks or Indians? Oh, I'm wood ducks. I'm team wood ducks. Yeah. I mean, I, I really am. I. Uh, For those that don't know, that is the, the minor league franchise here based in, in our hometown, Kinston, North Carolina. The Kinston Indians was the old team. Downey's Wood Ducks is the new team. Oh, I am dyed in the wool. I love the Wood Ducks. I love, uh, I'm a Texas Rangers fan now right. because of the Wood Ducks being here. And the commit. And I'll tell you the primary reason, and you were intimately involved in all this. And mm-hmm. I don't know if people really even realize how much that uh, B.J. Murphy had to do with getting this team back here to Kinston. But uh, the Texas Rangers did something that Cleveland never did. And you're asking if I'm Wood Ducks or mm-hmm. Indians. They have invested in our town. Right. They have a general manager here who lives here and is part of our community. They have John Clemens and Alexa Kay and Janelle Bullock and mm-hmm. uh, all those, uh, Charlie Casey, that everyone is invested in this community. They live here. They're buying houses here. They're right. not just, you know, living here part-time. Oh, I'm, I think the Wood Ducks, three years from now, four years from now, when people see what the Rangers are doing with that stadium out there, again, stuff that you know, then you know more than I know, I'm sure. Three or four years from now, the Wood Ducks are going to be such an integral part. Not that they aren't already, but they're going to be a more integral part of our community than they are now. And so, die in the wool. Love the Indians. I'll still wear my gear on Thursdays right. at the ballpark uh, yeah, when they the, have throwback Thursdays. Throwback Thursdays. But, uh, man, I I'm, love the Wood Ducks. Okay. So, barbecue. NC East or NC West? Wait a minute. Now, is this going all over the state, or is this... Uh, <laughs> you got to make a decision. Rapid fire. Well, uh, it's got to be Eastern, and I'm going to have people who watch well, this... We'll or, say it one more time. Uh, Eastern. I got you. Got you. <laughs> but the thing is, to me, it actually tastes better. It, your question couldn't have been any better, because when I was at the ACC tournament a couple... Or the NCAA first round a couple weeks ago, I went to Shelby, and I had Bridges Barbecue in Shelby just to try it. 
because I hadn't had it in 10 or 12 years. And uh -huh. theirs is the very catch-up base. For your people who don't know, Eastern right. barbecue is it's more vinegar vinegar based. Uh -huh. And uh, Western North Carolina barbecue is the more uh, tomato tomato based, mm -hmm. ketchup based, whatever you want to call it. I really I did. It was good. I mean, it was barbecue, so it was awesome. But I missed I missed the vinegar. I missed the vinegar. And nobody does it better than Joe and the boys over at King's and... I was happy to get back to Kinston and uh, get some real barbecue like in my it. belly. Okay. I can't believe it. I'll tell you this. 16 <laughs> years ago when I moved here, I uh -huh. would never have said that. So, uh, so we've yeah. converted him. Yes, I you like have. It. Yes, uh, you have. All right. Last on the rapid fire. Uh, first female president of the United States. Does it happen in 2020, 2024, or are we more than a decade away? We're more than a decade away. I don't see any uh, real candidate that, I mean, who who would it be? I mean, in 2004, we knew Barack Obama had a very good chance to be the first African-American president. Right. right. Especially after his speech at the Democratic National I Convention watched, in 2004. I watched, it, I watched that speech at least three times because yeah. I was so impressed by his delivery. Mm -hmm. You watch that speech with the sound off. Oh, I know. He's a powerful it, speaker, mm -hmm. powerful speaker. Uh, so, I mean, and I'm comparing, you know, a female president to an African-American right. president. You remember for years, whoever really thought we were going to have an African-American president. Mm -hmm. But he was so powerful. He was uh, such a great orator. And I still think he he has a particular strength there. Who is that female? Who yeah. can you point at and say, it's not Hillary Clinton. God knows it's not but Hillary Clinton. But the female Clinton. vote sways an election. I mean, they, it they, does. They, females tend to vote as a percentage more so than any, any other group. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, I just, I don't know the answer to that question either. Uh, but, you know, when the Republicans, uh, Carly Fiorini, I, I thought she was a solid candidate. She fizzled out pretty quick. It surprised me. Mm -hmm. uh, Hillary was certainly somebody that the Democrats have pushed for more than a decade. I think that was her biggest drawback is between her and Trump, uh, the unknown, the, the known about Hillary was worse than the unknown about Trump. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lot of people made that decision. They would yeah. more rather go with something that they're not really sure of than something they were sure of and they didn't like it. And what does that say about her as a candidate? Right. And I'm using the pronoun her, but I mean, as that person, as a candidate, I mean, that you already knew all that stuff. But Obama captured the imagination, yeah. not just of black folks in America, no. but also of white folks. No, he did. And no. hope and change was a big message. And yes, we can. What female candidate? Or female personality at this point, Oprah Winfrey, maybe. Yeah, she's. I don't. I don't see that happening. I, um, I'm just trying to answer no, your question. No. I mean, who? I'm trying to think of who could capture the imagination. Oprah Winfrey, maybe. Uh -huh. But I don't think she sold out to it. She right. Did. I mean, why would she? It's almost like when Donald Trump decided to, you know, throw all his cards and, in and, and become even president. on the Republican side. I'm like Sarah Palin had that star power, mm -hmm. but she lacked some of the oomph that the party needed. Carly Fiorini, she had the oomph, you know, the knowledge, yeah. but she lacked some of that star power. And uh, you, by the time you get through the primary, I mean, it is such, I mean, just imagine winning the NCAA championship. I mean, you got to win six games in a row and it gets harder as you go. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just a tough competition. Imagine yeah. trying to become the next president. Yeah. Uh, you know, all the things you've got to do behind the scenes to get it going and what it takes and then knowing your entire family uh, is going to get drugged through the mud. I just it, It's going to take a special person. I'd be curious to see. I I, I think the country is ready. Oh, I do too. Uh, Absolutely. But, but I would vote for a woman as right. quickly as I would a man. Yeah, me too. Or, 
Without a doubt. But who's the candidate? Yeah, without a doubt. You've got to have a stronger candidate than a Sarah Palin. And definitely, I, you know, I hope, again, I'm not going to get in trouble or with my liberal friends, but I wouldn't have voted for Hillary Clinton if it had been Hillary Clinton versus... Because we knew what was there. It right. goes back to what you just said. And I didn't vote for Donald Trump either, though. I get that. But I would not. I would have voted for Donald Trump before I would have voted for Hillary Clinton. No, I get that, too. Because, you again, you, man, that was such a great point you just made, sincerely, that we already knew what she was. Mm -hmm. You know, we knew what she would probably be as a president. And I think, it's again, that's what people rejected two years ago. All right, so I'm going to end, end this, uh, this B.J. Murphy 360 episode uh, with uh, the question of the day. But here's the thing. Brian gets to ask the question of the day. So oh. whatever, whatever question you want the audience, if somebody has continued watching this uh, after well over half an hour... And they're watching, and they're going, what is Brian going to ask me right now? What is next for you, B.J. Murphy? Oh, my gosh. And I, okay, see, he's going to end up cutting this, I'm sure, but let's see if he, <laughs> he stands to this and he doesn't. What's next for you, not just professionally. We know you're a good professional. I mean, uh -huh. and everything you've touched has turned to gold. I mean, in my opinion, I mean, you really resurrected pride. You And, and see, people are going to think that you set me up for this. I had no idea he was going to ask me this question. Uh, but everything you've touched, I mean, you've been very successful with professionally. You have been politically, too. What is next for you? Uh, well, what is next for B.J. Murphy politically? So is that something? I'm Look, he's to... blushing. So I got him. Now you're cutting this, aren't you? You're you're going to cut this, aren't so you? So is this something they're supposed to answer, or is this something you want me? I want to you to answer. I want uh, you to answer. Okay. Uh, so I kind of was, was hoping one, that we, we'd get the people to respond. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, I will tell you that uh, that I was expecting to win last year. I knew I could lose, mm -hmm. and so mentally I was still surprised. Uh, but okay with it. In fact, a lot of people were asking me, um, BJ, are you okay? Are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm okay. BJ's okay. I mean, I, 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 that's the thing. Being mayor wasn't the career, right? Yes. It was yeah. a part-time deal. Mm -hmm. So, uh, even though I had served for eight years, it wasn't like it was my career, yeah. right? It was just my way of giving back. Uh, so I immediately decided after the election, uh, after some, some time that, uh, it was too short to make any decision for 2018. Mm -hmm. That the idea of trying to run for a house or senate uh, or something else, uh, the, the amount of the handshaking and meetings I'd have to go to and money I had to raise, I just I had just exhausted six months of my life trying to maintain a job I really wanted to have. Mm -hmm. So 2018 was out, uh, which means the next logical thing is what I'm going to do in 2020. Mm -hmm. And so the way I figured is I've got at least two years to continue building my business, getting it where I want it to be, where it's sustainable. And then if I feel comfortable enough where my business is, I'll have the ability to make the decision then. I'm not going to rule out uh, a run for statewide office. I'm not going to rule out a run for House or Senate or for Congress. I'm just not going to rule any of it out. In fact, in my opinion, uh, they're all on the table. Um but the good thing about it is I've got about a year or so mm -hmm. to make that decision. So am I out of politics? No, I don't mm -hmm. think so. Um, will my role be in elected office when it comes to politics? Maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll, we'll see. Well, how much pride do you take in the fact, okay, I, I'm getting in two questions, but, but how much pride do you take in the fact that your name is still, well, not still, but it is still bandied about big time in political circles in Raleigh and in Eastern North Carolina? Uh, I mean, every time you hear... Of someone may not run for X office, I'm not going to name any. 
Uh-huh. B.J. Murphy's name is the one that comes up. Well, you know, I think that has a lot to do with just being young and, and, and experienced in all mm-hmm. this. I mean, I, you know, our, our town, 21,000 people, uh, our, our budget's $100 million. It's nothing to sneeze at. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost 400 employees. Uh, there are six egos on that bench plus a, a professional staff. So I understand what it takes to manage a budget, uh, other egos and personalities. And, you know, if you talk about the partisan side of it, I was the only Republican servant, even though we were able successful to get it changed to nonpartisan. Um, and so I really brought it down to, I was really more about trying to make sure everybody got heard mm-hmm. and then we made the right decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to facilitate the, the capital C, the city of Kinston, as well as the lower C, the community, the people. Uh, I enjoyed that a lot. But having served at 29 through 37, um, I think just because, look, even last year, people were saying, what are you running for next? Before my election was even over. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, this is the fourth time I filed for this office. This is the office I'm seeking. Mm -hmm. And I think that has to do with being young, uh, having some some success in politics. And um, I think the fact that that my loss wasn't, necessarily an indication of me or anything I had done. Mm-hmm. And I think that that may yeah. help uh, in terms of what I may do next uh, because um, I didn't I didn't lose based on my own merits, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. And, yes. and maybe I'm wrong on that. I just that's just what I think. Uh, so, I think that's pretty much consensus. Mm-hmm. So so, yeah. so we'll see. But uh, the good thing is I don't have to see. So he messed up my question of the day. <laughs> I, it, it was really designed for y'all, but he ended up asking me the question. Yeah. That that's perfectly fine. I will not edit it just because he <laughs> he called me out on it. Uh, any any final parting words? No, this is awesome. This is a lot of fun. I I cannot remember the last time I was interviewed for anything, and I'm not sure. It's been a long time since I guess we made the. WRAL made the basketball town uh, <laughs> video. I can't remember the last time I was set with lights. And you should see this, folks. I mean, he's got professional lighting. He's got everything set up. Yeah, and, Molly and, makes her appearances. Yeah, uh, that was all part of the part of the. That was all part of the script. Uh, yeah. So uh, until next time, make sure you like and share this, and uh, tag a friend who you think would get some enjoyment out of it. Uh, and Brian, as always, appreciate oh, it, my friend. My honor. Uh, thank you very much. Y'all take care. And this was to your success. Thanks for listening to the BJ Murphy 360 podcast. Be sure to connect on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with at BJ Murphy 360 and visit him online at magicmilemedia.com. Until the next episode, here's to your success.